0: Let's see if he figures it out today. Yeah. Oh, shit. Doesn't sound like it, but no. <laughs> oh, shanked it. Oh look at that line, ladies and gentlemen. Oh boy is he out of sync.
1: seen anybody in the water today. Oh, am I the kiss of death on that? Of course I am. Okay.
0: Anything you can do, I can do worse.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Chasing Power podcast. Cole and Alex here with you for another week. Thanks for rolling with us. Thanks for giving us a listen. We appreciate it. Got a big week here, a big recap. I know we teased it last week, and we are excited to talk about it here. We've got some good stories, some good, uh, good information, and we've got a bunch of humility, I think, so uh, You know, we can all relate to that.
0: Yeah, it'll be good to bring us back down to earth. So I'm, I'm excited to talk about it. Let's get on in.
1: All right, first off, we'll take care of the uh, housekeeping here and go with our presenting sponsor, Honest Roots. Honest Roots creates sustainably made kitchen accessories so that you can feel good about the food you prep, cook, and serve in your home. All of the wood used in their products are native, locally sourced, and locally milled for a minimal environmental impact. In fact, most of the wood comes from their very own property or neighborhood. They employ an environmentally friendly tree harvesting technique that only removes trees when necessary. They utilize many of Tennessee's native trees and use only all-natural plant-based wood finishing oils and waxes that contain coconut oil, mineral oil, vitamin E, and beeswax. Honest Roots is more than a name. It's a promise they make to their customers. It means that every item made is rooted in an honest, pure, and environmentally friendly methodology. They strive to be as resourceful as possible when designing boards to ensure that every piece of wood gets to fulfill its highest and best purpose. Due to this method, please know that each piece will be a a one-of-a-kind, and no pieces will be exactly alike. Join Honest Roots in embracing the, the distinctive beauty of thoughtfully crafted kitchen boards, trays, and utensils. Go ahead and check them out on Instagram at Honest Roots DT and on Facebook at Honest Roots Design and Trade. Again, we want to thank them. They've been rolling with us since day one. So we really appreciate it. Go give them a check out. All right, let's dive in here to uh, this week's PGA, LPGA wrap up here. Kind of a crazy weekend uh, at the PGA. Had some big storylines, some early you know, guys that got off to a hot start in the lead there. And then guys that faded. And then, of course, you know, the winner comes out of nowhere. So, I mean, Andrew Landry walks away with the victory over at the PGA West. What did you uh, what you think of this tournament?
0: Yeah, PGA West, beautiful course. Um, Andrew Landry looks – it's funny. Uh, I was taking uh, a, a few mental s- screenshots in my head, and I'm like, who does this guy look like? He doesn't look like anyone. He looks just like the average guy that's out there on the range on the weekends. He looks very vanilla. He's got the sunglasses, the hat, regular medium build. His swing is just meh nothing to him um keeps it very simple but a big win for him he held off answer was making a charge out there the funny thing that i saw about landry is and and this goes to persistence and kind of the game of golf but i think he had missed like seven of the last eight cuts before this weekend we're talking misses didn't even make the cut that he comes out and wins here early in the season so i I thought it was a pretty good momentum building uh, win for him
1: yeah, it's definitely a guy that you weren't expecting to see at the top of the leaderboard, except especially when the beginning of the week you had guys like uh, Ricky Fowler was up there. You had some bigger names; uh, Finau was messing around trying to make a run at it. So it was interesting to see that the guy hit that bomb on the uh, that what was it the three wood that he bombed out there. He played great. It's still early season golf, and you know, thankfully we're starting to pick up here with this up uh, this upcoming week, Farmer Insurance Open, where we'll kind of have like a full traditional field. This week felt, you know, still there were some stars out there. Surprising to see the Wedge Master, Phil, duff it. But then not surprised that he, he makes a birdie right after. So it'll be interesting to see these guys start to come into form here in the upcoming weeks with the full fields.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. It was a great tournament. Did you happen to catch any of the – the ladies in the LPGA, the Diamond uh, Tournament of Champions? So in all honesty, I, I didn't watch much, but
1: when I did turn it on, I saw a leaderboard and it said like John Smoltz, uh, Ray Allen, Larry Fitch. It was just a bunch of guys. And I said, this is either a misnomer on the streaming service that I use that has green text. I will not give them an ad for free, but if they'd like to contact us, they're more than
0: welcome to. Yeah, no free ads.
1: But I did see, I saw Smoltz was up there. Uh, I didn't, I am mean, again, I didn't watch a whole lot of it. I, uh, I saw some of it, but I, I noticed just more men out there. And I, I did hear Larry Fitzgerald confirm that he will be returning to the uh,
0: Arizona Cardinals, if that's big to anybody out there. Yeah, that's big news. No, these these women can rip it. I was actually watching a bit on uh, Sunday, and I think for for sort of average hackers like us, we, we can associate with these women a little bit more because they rip the ball just about the same distance that we tend to rip it. Um, their swings are actually much more fluid and smoother than a lot of the men on tour. Um, they hit more flush irons wedges. Um, I, I like their creativity a lot more than a lot of these guys on, on tour. It's a lot of fun to watch to see them out there. And it was a battle. Um, the, the, the eventual winner, uh, it actually rolled over into Monday morning and when a few more playoff holes after, I think it went four on Sunday, uh, was Gabby Lopez who uh, held off Nasa Hataoka. Um, they were going back and forth on 18 in the playoffs. NB Park was in there, who's an absolute putter and a half, but she kind of started to fall apart on the 18th. Um, and it was just back and forth, back and forth. It was a lot of fun to watch. And I, I think you just hit it on the head, right? There were some cool uh, pro ams out there. Johnny Smoltz had that putter that stood up on its own. Uh, tennis player Marty Fish was ripping the ball left and right. Um, so there's some good names up on the board. A lot of fun to watch in that tournament on, uh, on 18. It was like a 200-yarder, maybe a little more than 200. They actually had a DJ behind the 18th tee that was just playing beats while the pro the pros were teeing off and while the amateurs were teeing off. So it was a party up. The women's game, you know, it's yeah, at first, you you know, coming up, you're not knowing a whole lot, and you, you
1: think, you know, it's, it's women's golf, they must be hitting from the red tees. These women are hitting from the tees that when you go out and play a Sunday round with your buddies, they're hitting from the same distance as you, and they're shooting – under par so we I I agree we could take a lot from it they have said they have the slower swings they have a little more fundamentals they putt very very well I admittedly don't watch much of it I probably should I could probably learn more from their moves than I could from you know somebody on on the tour that's you know actually honed it a little bit bigger a little bit faster a little bit stronger these women are still strong still fast can still work the ball around the course and we could probably learn something and like you said their creativity Definitely going to have to check that more out. But there's kind of your professional golf wrap-up for the weekend. You know, we'll go over a quick uh, farmer's insurance here preview coming up. So uh, that's kind of where we're at. But we teased it. So while all of us were slumming it out here in the cold and the dormancy and regular work schedules and dealing with kids all day, you and a buddy escaped down to Tampa Bay for a weekend invasion of the Chasing Par crew and got to uh, play, what, two, three days of golf down there? And I can say that uh, just watching the Instagram stories, I had severe jealousy.
0: Yeah, the uh, southern swing of uh, the Chasing Par podcast season kicked off in uh, January, just a couple weekends ago. Uh, yeah, we had to escape the cold. New York was getting a little too frigid. We we're all jacked up, coming off the President's Cup, just want to get down there and play some golf. So we hit up Tampa Bay Um, Overall, great weekend. 36 holes Friday, 36 holes Saturday, flew home Sunday. Everyone's asking, why Tampa Bay? Why Tampa Bay? I don't know if Tampa Bay is really a hot spot for golf so much, but we loved it. Cheap flights in, uh, good setup, nice courses. So I'll give you guys kind of a quick jaunt down memory lane here. Uh, First 18 was over at a course called Northdale. This is like a local municipal go track style course, um, but a lot nicer than anything we have sort of up north here interestingly enough it was like 32 bucks for 18 holes this is our first round We're like great this is exactly what we need we get there to pay i asked the guy you know i had looked online they had a range perfect one hit some balls some I'm, I'm paying we're the only ones at the course i'm like where's the range he just kind of like points out the window i was like great so we load up on the cart it's first thing in the morning we, we're driving around we can't find this damn range and like i'm like come on this place isn't that big Drive back to the clubhouse, walk back in, ask the guy, I'm like, can you just point out where the range is? We we can't find it. And he points like literally right out the window, and there it was, a net, you know, a net with a mat, two pretty much two spots for guys to hit. So we're cranking balls. And I mean, you know how it is, right? Like the net is never a good sign. Uh, that is the worst, by the way. Like the worst, you, you want to get, and you don't even need to hit a ton of balls, but to say
1: hit it into a net, like not, I need to get like a warm up. I need to see ball flights. I, I'm coming off the plane. I haven't played all all winter to go out there. But again, and don't advertise it as a driving range. Say we have a net. It's a completely different thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, just don't call it a range. Just say we have a hitting net, and that exactly exactly. my expectations. Exactly. Um, Cause I felt like a million bucks. I was striping it at the net because it's only about ten yards in front of your face. Everything looks straight right there, right? Oh, it was phenomenal. Uh, so we ripped a couple into that and then set out. Played uh, eighteen at Northdale, beautiful, um, nice, nice municipal. Like we're saying, like better than a lot of the courses we have up north here. The conditions were tight, uh, pretty simple layout. And then the you know we we're like, let's get out of here for the morning and head out to somewhere new. And a, a bunch of people had recommended a course called West Chase. This place was the bell of the ball. This place was our favorite on the entire weekend. And it all started in the clubhouse. We pulled up and I, you know, I've got a little question for you here. You pull up or usually, you know, you're eating lunch after you're around typically, but in our cases before the round, do you have a go-to when you're in the clubhouse? Like what you're getting to eat?
1: Depending on where I'm at. I, yeah, I don't think you can go wrong with the, with the traditional hot dog. I don't think you can beat that. Something <laughs> about a golf course hot dog. Uh, but I mean, if I'm going to go with something, i I admittedly have issues with the gut, so I'm thinking light, and I'm also thinking, like, stay away from the lettuce because that does nothing but scrape the walls, and I don't need that on eight or nine trying to race halfway back in. So <laughs> I try to go something light, maybe like a chicken sandwich,
0: hold the lettuce, something, you know, something easy, no fried foods, very light. Wow, interesting. Uh, I don't do hot dogs, so that's never dog at the turn, never a good thing. Dog You're after missing out. You are missing out, and I think many of our, our listeners would agree you are missing out. I'm definitely in the minority there. Uh I am uh I'm a big clubhouse eater. I am a huge, huge turkey club guy. I always have been. And I'm like, that's the perfect meal uh for post-golf or pre-golf. So we're we get in there, we're like, listen, we just want some turkey clubs. We s- saddle up to the bar and who comes out? The chef, all decked out in his gear, which is a cool look. He starts asking us what we want to drink. Uh this guy genius dude really nice guy he's he's talking about the new beers they have in this, this stellar artois midnight lager no free ads um but he's comparing it to guinness he's giving us taste oh, he's let's us, call that the
1: uh the traditional irish beer don't call it by its name
0: yeah he's asking us you know what do we like and you know we're a big guinness drinker so uh i would recommend staying away from stellar artois midnight lager it was not that good but hey for the fr- free sample it was all right. So. You know, I see the club on the menu. I'm like, all right, but I also see the Reuben. You know, the Reuben piques my interest. I'm starving at this point. So I'm like, all right, let's fire up a Reuben. This, this chef's a great guy. He sells me on the Reuben. He's like, listen, you're a New York guy. You obviously have a great palate when it comes to Rubens. So he's hyping me up. So, of course, you got to do a little comparison. I didn't get this guy's name, but I did. After we finished, right before we went out to play golf, I walked into the kitchen and shook this guy's hand because he murdered the Reuben. Unbelievable. It was, I couldn't even finish the whole thing. So if you are if from the
1: West Chase area or know the chef at uh the West Chase Golf Club or golf course whatever it was called let the uh let the chef know we we over here at Chasing Par are forever grateful for his service and uh, I will be making a trip down there to shake this gentleman's hand as well.
0: He my compliments to the chef I'll just leave it at that. So we get out there we play West Chase uh starter yapping our ear off he's telling us about uh when he won the 1986 club championship up at essex country club north of boston how his name's in the locker room Uh, it was just a it was a real feel-good day Um, was uh was bruce springsteen glory days playing in the background while he was doing all this (laughs) should have felt like this guy he winded this story for like 10 minutes and then it ends with oh yeah and my picture's up on the wall it's like dude just tell us that from the beginning so we can respect you even more and and be on this roller coaster with you um a great course really fun layout water or hazards literally on every hole um they they had some like really tight lines on the t boxes that were set up like almost crooked but on purpose so that you couldn't just like cut corners um it was a lot of fun uh, re- really good spot so west Chase is that's the winner in the tampa area uh night one we capped it off in the in the high park area so before
1: you get into the nightlife, which I'm sure is what we're all we are concerned with, but with the golf here, did you stay uh, more driver or did you try to hit irons? I know that those tighter kind of bowling alley vibes to them, where you know it's tight on each side. Would you what was your strategy out there? And and the other one I think any, everybody wants to know. You said water and hazards on every hole, tight tight tee shots. How many
0: balls did we lose that day? Uh, we did not keep track of how many balls we lost, so I'll plead the fifth on that one. Okay. Uh, we ripped driver. We. A wise man Tom Brady once said, I didn't come this far just to come this far. I don't fly down to Florida not to rip driver in that's, January.
1: I think that's the the chasing par motto. Maybe we might have to put that on a t-shirt eventually.
0: I agree. You you don't go down there to hit five irons off the off the tee. No, absolutely. We were letting it rip. It was definitely tight. Um, some of the lines were a little aggressive, but we were like, you know, let's just try to send it. The fairways were were good. It was just the the lines off the T's where it was either like woods protecting right or woods protecting left. So it was a little bit scary. Real, real tactical uh, game,
1: which is, which is great to get, you know, it's a, it's a thinking man's game. It makes, makes you think and it makes you kind of adapt, adapt on the fly. So that sounds awesome. Sounds like a very nice course. And the picture I saw looked amazing.
0: Very, very uh, nice. Highly recommend West chase. It's just a beautiful setup. Um, yeah. So to all our listeners, I know you're curious about the golf and the nightlife. What was the price tag on that? I think I think West Chase rang us up
1: around fifty bucks. That's not bad. I mean, so you're all in for golf right there with I'm assuming with cart, correct? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah so we're looking at under a hundred bucks for thirty-six rounds of golf or thirty six excuse me, thirty-six holes of golf. I mean that's not a bad deal.
0: No, I was in in what I would consider their prime season, right? January is like when all of us hacks leave our neighborhoods and head down to Florida to play some golf. It, it just felt right. Exactly. Um, night one, I'll give you the brief overview. We hit this area of Tampa called Hyde Park. Uh, definitely the up and coming young people spot. This whole street had all the bars and restaurants. We will give some free ads here because hopefully they listen to the podcast. 717 South for dinner and drinks. This is kind of your uh, older-ish crowd and when i say older the crowd in that whole area is like 20s or right out of college so this was like your 30 year olds a little bit more classy a little bit more refined palettes uh, nicer beer selection nicer cocktail selection crushed that place and then uh, hit this place called booyah booyah for rooftop drinks this place was happening great view of downtown tampa good social vibe heat lamps up on the roof even though it was like 65 degrees soft yeah Charm and soft. Yeah, that was negative points for Tampa, but moving on. Great situation. Uh next morning. I think they're used to, I think
1: they're used to giving stuff away down
0: there. See <laughs> Jameis Winston. Absolutely. <laughs> Touche. Um next morning, everyone had hyped up this place, Lake Jovita, aka Hovita Hof. Everyone was like, you got to get up there. 218s, phenomenal conditions. This place was cool. It's in a gated neighborhood in the middle of literal nowhere. It's about 40 minutes north of Tampa. It was cool. Uh, We get there and like the the hens were clucking. And if you don't know what that means, that means that there was old ladies everywhere. All over the place. There were some ladies. uh, The Queen's Cup was going on that morning, which is a genius name. So we had all these old birds out there clucking it up and matching outfits. Um, Definitely a couple of them were giving us the eye as younger guys. Um, That felt good. A little bit of an ego boost for us. You
1: You pump yourself up before you ever uh, tee off. That's not a bad thing. uh, That's a pro tip for you. When you're on the range and the old women are looking at you, accept – the views accept the visual undressing of yourself it's only making you feel better go in with a positive mindset pro tip for the day
0: yeah and that once again that might have been our deranged mindset. they might have been looking at us thinking like oh my grandson's your age but uh no we just refrain from thinking about that yeah we thought they were dtf and they were pumping us Um, (laughs) moving on we get out on the range i don't know if you've ever seen one of these you ever been on a range where you hit and there's other people hitting directly at you but they're they are probably like 300 350 yards.
1: I, I have and I again, I want I'll throw a shameless plug it One of my favorite I, and I left it off my top three places because it's just outside. But there's a place called Old Colony down in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, home of the University of Alabama. It's their uh, golf training facility and it's a way a four-way range. So you've got here left and right and then and again it's yeah, it's separated probably by 350. It is a very strange experience especially when you're looking at the uh, University of Alabama women's golf team launching driver at you. It is a little unsettling.
0: God damn, four way. We're talking like Chinese checkers style. Yes. Oh, yes. Very much. Yeah. This this thing was wild. And in my head, of course, you see these people. I don't even. I didn't even rain. I didn't even laser them to see how far. But I'm like, all right. Let me just start ripping drivers. See how close I can get to them. Obviously, wasn't even nearly close. Hmm. Um, but but a fun setup. We get on the range, and I don't know if this has ever happened to you too. Right? You see you see someone on the range with like that's that super buttery swing and this, this guy next to us who I'm assuming is in his sixties, maybe low seventies. He's uh he's got this sweet swing going on. He's hitting these soft baby draws. I looked at a buddy of mine and I was like, dude, look at this guy. He, he's got these like soft baby draws. He's swinging. So he's, he's an older guy. He's out driving us by a mile. Turns out this is Lou. He's our playing partner. We tee it up with this guy. What a gem from, uh, wherever i think latrobe pennsylvania shout out to lou rolling rock arnold palmer all of that was brought all, up
1: all the greats all the greats
0: yeah we crossed that off the list great guy played golf all over the world uh big fisherman um so he was our shepherd on the first uh 18 there a lot of fun a lot of undulation uh, crushed some uh, turkey clubs at lunch and then moved on to their south course their first hole in south course is a absolute nightmare You hit like 180 yards and then there's like this crappy marsh divides the fairway. And then the little hallway, you have to hit over, uh, just, just a nightmare. There was an alligator on two. If anyone saw our stories that had me rattled, he was literally like perched up a little bit and I'm like putting probably 10 yards away from him. Could not concentrate. I three put that hole easily. It's
1: moments like this where we need video because when you say he's perched up, he's uh, Alex is legitimately perching
0: his shoulders up like the alligator. It would be great to see. Dude, he was not a lazy alligator. He was in. He was head on, directly facing me, not facing the water. I'm ten yards. I'm like, what if this thing charges me during my putt? Zigzags, um, zigzags. Yes, I've learned that the zigzag methodology. Um, zigzag run. But yeah, great. Another great round of golf. Um, you know, it, it's tiring playing 36 back to back days, but overall, I thought it was great. I will say, we did get into a little bit of uh, drama. We're, Ooh, you know, we. Never uh, no but there's a twosome in front of us husband and wife perfectly fine we tee off on number nine it's a it's a par five and they're like a good ways down right like out of our striking distance we can't even send a flyby on them so we ripped i'm assuming and it's hard to tell with the distance and there was a little bit of rolling hills but i'm assuming our ball landed maybe 20 yards 30 yards behind them not that close
1: but still close enough for uh to feel a little yeah. bit uncomfortable
0: about it yeah and i get it there's people in front of them so whatever We just keep playing. Um, The ninth hole is this long par five. It's like a slight dog leg right downhill, and there's water guarding the green right. I get out to my drive, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to hit one dead straight down the middle, not towards the green. There was a bunker down the middle. I was like, I'll hit it behind that, and I'll have another like 80 yards in, 100 yards in. I see these people walking off the green. They're kind of walking up the hill towards the clubhouse to make the turn so I'm like okay cool I'll just aim at their cart even though that's like 500 yards away I was like I'll aim at their cart that's my line I wind up like catching one a little bit with a four iron that crept up on me and it's fading and it's fading and it's fading and it fades literally to like 10 feet now I'll say this when the ball hit the green this woman was like 15 yards off the green they had already they were literally like walking up to her cart I saw them I was like they they might not have even seen that Um, but yeah it Literally I hit it to about ten feet. Missed the eagle putt, but that's neither here nor there. So
1: that in that moment though, you're you're doing the old like where you kinda you slink your shoulders like you're gonna kind of creep off like, oh crap, I didn't mean to do that. But you need to club troll and walk after that thing like Tiger <laughs> and just establish your dominance there on the course and there'll be no questions. But I will say that there is this very weird psychological warfare that goes on with inside of you when you have somebody in front of you. You're like, there's no way I can reach. There's no way, and then you end up reaching. But then, you know, if you know that you have a shot, oh, I can I can definitely reach you. Wait for them to leave. That's the top. That's the duff. That's the one you put 15 feet in front of you, and everyone looks at you and says you waited that long to do that. It's it's a psychological warfare that needs to be gone with the game. We need to get it out of the game
0: somehow. <laughs> no, you're spot on. You're you're like an asshole either way. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I blatant mishit, but I struck one like perfectly. So we. I make birdie, no big deal, Uh, pull up to 10. Who's waiting there? Daddy himself is waiting there. His wife's in the cart, not facing us. He's just staring at me. And I'm like, oh boy. I'm like, yeah, he's probably fed up. So we pull up, he gives us the whole spiel. The funniest part, I have to throw this out there. He's like, you guys know you hit into us twice in a row. And we were like, yeah, sorry about that. He's like, you guys obviously play a lot of golf. You, you didn't think we were close enough? And I was like, well, actually, sir, I kind of shanked that second one, and it just wound up on the green. I, I do all." know. Um, but, yeah, so we, we did that. Uh, you know, that was the only skirmish. The other weird thing, and I think we just alert to this, We started catching a little fire on the back. We're moving up. There was some husband and wife tandems playing out there. Then one foursome, two husbands, two wives. They actually let us play through. Is there anything worse than playing through like during a hole, not even on the tee, like in the midst of a fairway? We're on a par five. They're like, yeah, just play through. Do you know how much pressure that puts on me? Oh, it's the, it is the, the worst thing in the entire world. You're guaranteed
1: to mess up. And then you know, in the, because it's like that mindset, like they're sitting here going, all right, let's let him go. And then it's that whole thing. Like he does that, like he catches us, but he does that. It's, it's the biggest mind
0: fuck ever. And it's the worst feeling. Yeah. And then they're like, then you play through them, but they're still playing up like right behind you. And you don't really get to like create the distance. You, It's an awful process.
1: Yes. A hundred percent. Because like you said, you're racing to get ahead and then you feel like, all right, they're catching up behind you and you usually race so much that you catch the next group in front of you. And then you've got to kind of find a pace. It's not a good system, but like you said, I mean, do you want to sit behind a foursome when there's two? It's not worth it.
0: No, I agree. There's, it should only be on par threes. You should pass, put the pressure on me on the tee box. I'm fine with that.
1: Exactly. Um, Funny story about that real quick about it goes back to the old colony. I'm out there playing by myself. Uh, I was down there for, School, uh, I went to a course down there, and I go out to Old Colony to play, and I get on the box, and the guy goes, all right, hey, there's a group of two in front of you. They will let you play through. Just when you catch up to them, let, they'll let you play through. So I play one pretty quick by myself, get to two. I see them. They're hitting their fairway shot. I, t- I tee off Follow up. They're waiting for me on the uh, on number three, which is kind of an uphill, short, drivable par four kind of vibe to it. I drive up there. It's two uh, young ladies that are on the University of Alabama golf team. And they say to me, hey, sir, you can play through. And I see their bags and I see all their gear and they're fully decked out. And in that moment, I said, are you sure? It's not a big deal. (laughs) I'm nervous. I'm playing by myself. I shouldn't be nervous, but I am. And they said, no, no, go right ahead. I get up to the tee box. I grab my driver. I put the tee in the ground. I put the ball on the tee, take my practice swings. And for about 10 seconds, I seriously contemplated asking them, hey, do you mind turning around and not watching me hit this?
0: <laughs> Savage. Yeah. I hit it
1: anyways. I hit it anyways. They outdrove me, both of them. Love it. So I'm like, hey, thanks for letting me go through. They're like, no problem. And they follow me to their balls and let me <sighs> hit again. So they watch me for two shots. <sighs> I ran from a chip shot to the green, putted with my, my uh, wedge, and just got out of there as quick as I possibly could and then tried <laughs> to create as much distance. It is a terrible system. Like you said, there's got to be a better way to do it. I've never really thought about it. Uh, playing as a single, I just try to race through everybody if I if I need to.
0: But it is definitely an uncomfortable situation. Yeah, we've got some smart listeners. Send us some tips on that one. I always say pass on the par three. It seems like the most logical place to create space. But would love to know how you guys handle that. All right, last part of Tampa. Played some great golf, 36 holes, a lot of fun. We're going to get into a little did you know about Tampa. It is the ballet capital of the United States. I'm talking a different kind of ballet, right? We're talking about the, uh, the old S Club, the Canadian ballet, as some people like to call it, right? The dancers, right? So shout out to one of the most historic ballets ever, Mons Venus. Shout these people out. If you guys want something cool to read about, read about Mr. Joseph Redner, a.k.a. the father of the lap dance. This man saved strip clubs <laughs> in Tampa and increased the purchase of gym shorts all over the Southeast. (laughs) This man, we owe it to this guy. So the least we could do is visit a historical attraction on our trip um, and just check in. So real quick, we went for the, uh, the blue haired special, which is the early bird, right? That's around... That's around, uh, you know, six o'clock after golf, pre-dinner, right? This is kind of our appetizer for the night. We're like, you know, I'll check this out.
1: Aggressive wordage there to call that an appetizer, but continue.
0: Yeah, of course. So I read online. We're doing some Googling. um, Creeps that leave strip club reviews online you're an absolute psycho for that but there's some funny stuff out there google questions where people ask like who's dancing right now and some people respond just absolutely creepy uh we read about mons venus it came highly recommended i read online that it's a, a, a bring your own not bad and that's never <laughs> no, a bad thing not at all so we're like fine let's go appetizer city so we got a cooler a little bag cooler and uh we walk in They're like here's you got to pay the cover and i'm like perfect There's no one in this place, by the way. It's a little shack. They're like, yeah, take our cover. And I was like, I can just bring my beer in. They're like, oh, no, you actually cannot do that. I was like, well, I I thought it was BYO. So the house mom, I'll call her, the, the leader of the pack, is like, listen, we don't sell beer and liquor here, but we've got a little bit of a system. You could pay for a styrofoam cup once you're inside, right? So you pay them three bucks for this generic Florida styrofoam cup. And she's like i want to show you a little something i'm like god this is gonna be good this is like six o'clock at night it just got dark out i was like i feel awesome right now <laughs> she takes me outside with my cooler that's like a, just a, li- a little small bag i think we brought like a six pack or eight beer something weird and um she's like you see this thing right here and I, I look down and it's a newspaper vending machine you know where you like put the quarter in, you like pull the drawer out yep oh yeah oh yeah she's like she's like this is our cooler for our guests and I'm like this lady's fuck with me I'm getting punked right now like there's no way she's like you throw your beers in here you bring your cup out you fill them up out here and then you just walk in with only your cup and I'm like no chance and she's like yeah no problem at all this is everyone refers this is the cooler so what do we do we put our beers right in this cooler and it's it's on like the outside of the club right anyone could just walk up and take our cooler but there was levels inside the cooler for multiple people to stash drinks. A traditional so,
1: honor system.
0: Yeah. it it's was not it, as,
1: It's not as degenerate as we think. It's built off of honor.
0: Yeah, it was a great system. So it it was a, a bastardized BYO, but you could just literally walk outside, pour yourself a beer, bring the beer back in in the styrofoam cup, and enjoy the scene. So um, shout out Mons Venus. Last story. I'll keep this one quick because I know a lot of you sickos out there like this kind of stuff. <laughs> We're in there and uh, they've got a, um, just a stage, right? Uh, Like, I don't know how many sides are on the stage. Whatever stop sign is, an octagon, maybe octagon shaped. So we, of course, saddle right up. I'm not one to sit in the back. So we get right up against the stage. Plus we're the only few people in there. Uh, This little person comes over and starts dancing in front of us and not the most attractive looking thing. And and she's got on sneakers. All right. We'll call her a sneaker girl from now on. She's got all black sneakers on. Every other girl in there has like heels or winds up going barefoot. Um, sneaker girl comes over. We're we're making conversation, making jokes, making light of it, and uh, and she she does her thing and is dancing on the stage and is just in her black sneakers. So I'm intrigued, right? I'm, I'm kind of a I wouldn't say consider myself a sneakerhead, but I I like sneakers so. <laughs> I start looking at her sneakers and I'm like, Oh, these are the Nike uh, air two seventies, like this new sneaker, pretty cool, all black, but just weird that that's the only thing she's wearing. Sneaker girl sees me look at her sneakers and thinks that I'm like that kind of guy that has like a little bit of a fetish. So So while she's dancing in front of us, she's kind of like stroking her sneakers and like looking at me at the same time, thinking like, that's what gets me going. So, yeah, we had a good laugh about that. Um, and last thing, and then we'll end it here on the Tampa trip, the greatest sign I've ever seen inside of the ballet, the big signs on each side of the place. It said uh, lap dance prices are negotiable, 25 to $40. It's uh, the honor system and bartering? Yeah, you're allowed. Like, you could literally literally barter with these girls, I guess, and, and try to negotiate them down. I don't know why you would do that, but um, – yeah, there were some guys in there dropping bills. So overall, great trip. Shout out to Joseph Redner, the father of the lap dance, Mons Venus. Would love for you guys to sponsor us. I think that would be huge. <laughs> oh, <geez>. Relax. <laughs> Relax, stud. Um, and yeah, great Tampa trip. Would love to go back sometime. Phenomenal golf. Great people. Great food. Cheap flights. Cheap hotels. Overall, very well done.
1: It sounds like it was a great time and checking out the videos online. It looked awesome. I mean, you can't, like you said, the the flights in from the Northeast are cheap. I know I was looking to go down, uh, flights out of Nashville were $50. I think it was, or excuse me, 30 some odd, 30 some odd, but it was 70 bucks round trip. Very accessible. And we got a ton of uh, feedback on places to play there that, you know, we just kind of checked off, or you checked off just a small fraction of what's available out there. You know, you've got, like you said, the expensive courses around there, but you've got other ones. You've got the claw down there. Was that the South Florida one right there? Yep. Yeah, so yeah. Plenty of good golf, plenty of stuff to do. You don't even have to. I mean, you don't have to go to the Mons Venus either. But, again, if you're in the area and you're looking for the adult ballets or the Canadian what we call Canadian ballet, yeah. you know, definitely check it out. So we will definitely be making a trip down there again, the accessibility and, and just the price point. And it sounds like very hospitable people down there.
0: Yeah, great, great crew. Highly recommended. How about you? I know you, you had a chance. The weather hasn't been the best down there, but I know you got out and got a, a little work in. So we're building
1: the brand and building the pod and trying to connect with people and got lucky enough to uh, meet a a guy down here who's a a club pro and he invited me out, Nashville National down there in Jolton, Tennessee, just north of Nashville. Very accessible from the city, uh, very accessible from where I'm from, and he invited me out to play. Uh, Again, we talked about, I think it was the past episode, we talked about uh, Fearless Golfer, which I'll say the name again, and talked about just having a positive mindset going into it. and and staying within your game and and not getting caught up in it. Well, we get out there, and, you know, this is the first time I've really met the guy, talked to him. You know, he invites me out. I go out there. I'm feeling good. I think today's going to be my day. And uh, I get out there on the first tee, and everything goes downhill very, very quick. I will say I I teased it on the uh, Instagram account through the videos there. I put up a 105.
0: I. I shot an 80 there two weeks prior. The joys of golf, the roller coaster. What, are, uh, I, what were you calling the 105? The it was next- the
1: double burger with a couple fries on there, you know, five yeah. extra fries that I picked out the bottom oh. of the bag after the kids were done. It was terrible. And I'm not going to say that, I, that I, I played poorly, but I think I do what many other amateur golfers do. And that's kind of what I wanted to talk about here was I went in, I've kind of been having this issue where my irons are just going not as far as they used to go. All my clubs. I'm 33 years old. I'm not super. I'm not getting up there in age. I'm not losing my strength. And I and I am now I'm I'm at a plateau with where my iron game is at. I have minimal control, no distance, go straight up. So I'm now searching for answers, like many of us do. Whether you've got the putting, you know, putting problems, go buy a new putter try a new grip. We do it all the time, looking for that quick fix. So I go down and I I think that it maybe it's the the flex of the shaft. They're too heavy. They're too stiff. And I'm not getting the outcome that I expect to get from these irons. They're brand new custom fitted for me and I'm just not getting what I want out of it. So I go down there and the gentleman who's, you know, he's a club fitter and all that. And he says, I don't think it's the flex. And I said, well, what do you think it is? He says, well, you've got a big, you sway in your swing like many golfers do. And he says, "Why don't you try this?" So he tells me to cant my f- my rear foot, so my right foot. He tells me to turn it in at like a twenty five degree, and slowly swing so that I can feel my hip rotate around my knee and open it up. So I'm not swaying back. My foot won't. My hips won't allow me to go straight back. Well, this band aid fix that I'm gonna call it screws me for the whole round. I am hitting like rope hooks. They're oh. straight pulls. Everything was left. Couldn't keep it in play. Lost. I, you know, I talk about the tiger balls. I, I quit hitting the tiger balls because I was losing <laughs> so many left and the beauty of, of Nashville Nationals, is it's very tight. It's like, like you were talking about, it's a tight course with those kind of bowling alley tee shots. You can't hit, I mean, you can, but you're going to have to hit some irons off the tee and stuff like that. So I, I'm now I'm just perusing the wood line and Wilson staff balls and pinnacles and top flights. And at this point, I'm so deep into this crap round that I don't even care anymore. I'm hitting orange golf balls, yellow, whatever I can get my hands on.
0: But it's good, hey, it's a good feeling though when you get to that point when you're just like, I'm just going to let it ride. I don't care what I hit.
1: And that's what it was, and it, it just swing got,
0: free. And the the thing
1: is though is I'm I'm meeting this guy and we're talking about kind of like the podcast and growing the brand and and what content we create. And he's probably thinking like, this guy's not chasing par. This guy's chasing breaking a hundred. There's nothing. <laughs> this guy's not close. I had to go back in my uh, my my stats and my gin and look up the last time I shot a hundred. It was like 2000, early 2018. So yeah. I've been on a good streak, and I I I put up a 99 up at Lyman Orchards with you. Snuck that one by, but was not in the right headspace that day. So, but it was just a terrible, terrible. It was an enjoyable round for what it was. I got a you know got to make a new friend, chat. But it just was like you got I got so
0: much in my own head. This place, Nashville National, looks pretty sick, too. Like, I'm I'm jacked up for the next time I'm down there. Like, location-wise, looks mint. Course looks friendly, challenging. Like, I don't want to say, like, kind of elite, but it's got a nice vibe to it. It might just be the name, right? This is a public track, but it's like, this place looks minty to me. I don't want to give away too much because we will be using
1: this as kind of, like, we'll film a bunch of content. We will use this course to kind of show it off. But if you're in the area and you're looking for a place to play, great staff, awesome layout for what, it's not a very long course, it's not very, but it's challenging, and it's got, it's beautiful, and they the club has really been putting in a lot of work to, to get it back to where it was, it was recently purchased by a new owner, so they're getting everything back, and they've really put a lot of work into it, so if you're in the Nashville area, all these, all those big courses down around Nashville are great, but get outside, get into Jolton, it's one of the only places, I think, in the area that you're not going to see a house on the golf course, which God, is, you know, very, sweet. very nice. Yeah. so i had a lot of i had a lot of fun uh it just was an an overall bad round uh I was blowing putts by the hole i i had my mychauffffle moments it was just not a very good round but i again I'm taking it as a learning point here. I can throw it like you said we can we can try to go low, but we can
0: go high very very easy, yeah, that's the up and down. You can blame it early season, but I think those things happen to us all. Uh, it can happen at any date, right? We have that one blow-up round where, when things aren't going right, things aren't going right. It's hard to get them back on track. So, you know, I can see how these things kind of snowball, and it happens to me every year. Yeah,
1: and it's you know, if you if you check out that book, Fearless Golfer, he talks about ego golf, and I think that's really what it what it is. And I think a lot of amateurs and a lot of mid handicappers and high handicappers suffer from. What what the author of this Gio Valente, he describes as ego golf, which is you are more concerned with what people are gonna think of you or can you hit the shots or do you have these shots? That's your main concern. You're not worried about where you're what do you, what's your target? Like we spoke about. What's my target? That's your only only mission out there is to get the ball where you want it to go. It's not what I mean, if you do it, like you said, you topped or you what shanked the four iron and landed it ten feet from the pin. Yeah wasn't the intended result but again you're aiming for the target goes a little longer than you wanted to but you're more worried about well i want to draw this one in i don't have a draw you know you don't have these shots and a lot of, of like we said a lot of amateur golfers if they just focused on where do they want the ball to go i think they would be a whole lot a lot more successful so i'm taking this as a learning point Again, we've you know I've built a relationship. We've built a relationship with uh, the pro down there, Connor Hendrickson. Check him out on Instagram uh, at Connor Hendrickson. Great guy. We'll be you'll definitely be hearing from him here soon. Seeing a lot of content with him, but I appreciate them having me out. I'm sorry I uh, took a poop all over it out there. I will be better next time. I can promise you <laughs> that. But check out Nashville National. Nice. All right. Nice. So that was my trip 105. Be honest with yourself. You know you can always get better. <laughs> have that moment of humility take it for what it is got the uh, the big drama in the PGA and uh, again it's the Bryson Brooks show again we had a little bit of drama back there what when was that for the slow play stuff right yeah it wasn't that bad is brooks kepka like a, is he like an operator does he work i mean this guy is a killer when it comes to dropping absolute social media
0: bombs on people do not mess with Brooks. I'm just going to say that. Like this guy's got it all. I I love his attitude. Um, I like his style. He, uh, he just doesn't care. Like he just says what's on his mind. He posts like naked photos with his girlfriend, wife, whatever she is now. Um, don't come at the champ. That's all I got to say. Like just pick someone else on tour to like go after a little bit. And and Bryson, yeah, I'm still up in the air on Bryson. I, I, I think I'd like him if he kept his mouth shut. So the, if you hadn't seen it, Bryson was playing
1: uh, – I think this speaks volumes about who Bryson is. But Bryson was playing Fortnite, I think is what the game is, with uh, – with I don't know, and they were asking questions of it either way. And Bryson called out Brooks for not having a six-pack in the ESPN uh, – what is it, the body issue, is that what they call it? Where He, yeah. he said he didn't have a six-pack. Well, Kepka comes back and responds with what was he, just too just too shy of a six pack with all of his major championships. That's just hang up, hang up social media, just go play golf, Bryson. Don't show, don't, don't run your mouth anymore. It's not working out. That was a kill shot. Your seven victories are great. That's seven victories on the PGA tour. His four majors, one of his four majors trumps, I think, your your
0: seven victories. I was gonna ask that. Would you rather one major or twenty victories on tour? Probably take the twenty wins over one major. Gotcha. I'm greedy. I want the money. That's bigger purses right there. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a fair, fair assessment. What but about yeah, you? What do you What do you think? I, I go major. I'd I'd like to think if you're good enough to win a major, you'll at least win some money coming in second and third and other tournaments. If I never won another tournament for my life, yeah, people would say you're a one hit wonder. But can't take a major away from someone. So I mean, I, I still remember Denny Willette. Yeah, gosh. RIP uh-huh. in peace. No, just, just kidding. He's still alive. Um, no, there was, there was some good, you know, the Bryson Kepka stuff. I think what's, what's even a hotter topic, though, let's talk Farmers Open, man. The return of the cat, I'm, gonna, I'm Corey gonna Pines. Cue the music up
1: right here. Let's get the, uh, the regal horn sounding. The king is back. The king
0: is making his first stop on the court. Yeah, this is a big... Big weekend. A lot of guys kind of kicking off their seasons. Tory is such a great host for this. Um, that place is absolutely beautiful. Got to get out there. Um, what are your thoughts? Like who 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 are you liking in this tournament? Obviously, a lot of guys are just playing for the first time this year. A lot of big names that we haven't really had had that kind of loaded field. Um, who are you liking? Just on the on the Tory
1: Pines, I agree. Very very nice course. They're playing the. They've got the two courses up there. I think it's the South course they'll be playing on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, we all know the history there uh, with Tiger and Rocco. Read the book. Watch the USGA film on, uh, on YouTube. Classic. There. Tiger kills it out there, starts the season there every year. This is, is this the official picks? Are we, are we doing this right now, our season long? We're picking yeah. a winner and a dark horse. We're going with this right now?
0: Let's fire away. All
1: right. I'm, I, if I get killed for this, I'll take it. I will take it on the, I'll take it on the chin. I got Tiger to win this one. Oh. I feel very good about it. I felt he, he – did he play great at the uh, at the President's Cup? Yeah. Did JT play great at the President's Cup? I got a thing going. And and I get – the dark horse – the good thing, I think, is that you're seeing these full fields now, right? You're seeing the big names. You're not seeing the guys that are getting their couple exemption starts from the corn ferry and all that. You're starting to see the bigger names. You got Rory's. You got the Rory's. You got the Roms. You got all the big-name guys out there. So, I don't know the dark horse picks will be – if you if you guys think these are not a fair dark horse pick, let us know. But I'm gonna go with Matthew Wolf. Guy has the craziest action on tour, bombs it, kills it, and I think he won last year up in uh, in Minneapolis. I think you know. I think this course. Let's see him on the West Coast out there. That's gonna be my dark horse pick. What about you?
0: Oh, that's a good one. Um, yeah, I'm. This is a tricky one, right? There's a lot of big names, and there's actually a lot. I shouldn't say a lot on the line, but right, Rory's in this. If he wins, I think he becomes number one in the world. Um, I I'm going to go with guys that have been playing, and John Rahm's been on a little bit of a hot streak, and I think started off the year pretty well. I'm going to take Johnny Rahm as as kind of my top dog out there. I think his game uh, suits up real nicely. As with any time John Rahm plays, we need him to be mentally stable and need them to be present all weekend. I think he will be. Um, and I'm pretty sure he's paired up with Tiger uh, day one, him and Colin Morikawa. Morikawa,
1: yeah. We also, real quick, we need from uh, Ron, we need a bigger waist and a bigger thigh. The, the dumpy, tight, yoga pant-looking things, we need to get rid of those. <laughs> you ain't DJ, bud. You put that married weight on, continuing. But yes, also, we also need a buffer zone for flying wedges and putters and, and such, so.
0: Yeah, I know. I I agree with you. Um, so I'm going to go with Johnny Rom as as kind of my big dog pick. For for us, right, when we're picking these kind of dark horses, I would consider anyone outside of the top 25-ish to be a dark horse. I'm assuming okay. Matthew Wolf and a lot of the other guys we picked are outside of the top 25. Obviously, it depends on the size of the field. I'm going to go with uh, my dark horse here is actually going to be uh, Johnny Rahm's partner at the Zurich. Uh, so this is Mr. Ryan Palmer. Um, yeah, a lot of people are like, who's Ryan Palmer? Uh, this guy's won on tour, dude. He's won four times over the course of like well, 10, 15 years or so. Um, but him and him and Johnny Rahm took the Zurich last year. Um, I just think this guy's a contender. I, I don't really have a great reasoning for him. I saw his name. I was like, eh, I like the way he plays. Let's see what he can do. No, no Keith Mitchell this week. Now, Killer Keith, I'm going to hold off. We'll bring him back once we let him get a little more warmed up. All right, I respect that. I am very
1: excited again. I think we're getting the primetime golf again with it being out on the West Coast time. Full field. Tori, you've got the history. Beautiful track. Beautiful scenery out there. Still some of the most iconic golf photos you'll see of those, you know, where the fairways are up there and you kind of see the clouds in the background. Should be a great event. We are excited. We will be watching. Great to hear that you had a great Tampa trip. Every time you get to play, I think your – what was your uh, resolution this year? To make the most – not to play more golf, but to make the most of the golf that you're playing. Exactly. And I think that speaks volumes. And, again, make the most of what you did. Learn what you did wrong. My 105, I'll never live it down. But I'm going to learn from it. I'm going to grow from it. And you know what? It's all about chasing. It's all about the process. That's what we're here to do. That's what we want you guys to do. Shoot us your stories, how you guys bounce back from a bad round. Also, real quick, if you've got any games that you and your buddies play or your family play regarding like season-long statistics, birdie challenge, uh, three-putts, stuff like that, we're looking to start something for a content thing here. Hit us up. Let us know. Check us out on uh, Instagram, at Chasing Par Podcast, on Twitter, at Chasing Par Pod. Or you can email us at chasingparpodcast at gmail.com. One
0: last shout out again. Joseph Redner, the father of the Lap Dance. Thank you for saving Tampa Bay.
1: And Jim Shorts for all of us. That's it for this week. We'll see you guys next week. Hey, hey keep chasing. Thanks for rolling with us. You come the
0: wanderer, coming back into town for the money. Oh, King is the warrior. So you better lay low, be ready. Hey, King you come the wanderer, coming back. Town is...